0: This episode was recorded in early December 2020.
1: Thing that we're accidentally revealing through our behaviors, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I was just saying
0: to Yolanda. I was telling Yolanda I had a, a goal a few weeks ago. I was like, "Oh, I bet I could get 300 listeners by the one month birthday, which was yesterday, December 8th." And then on the first of December, I was I was looking at the numbers and I was like, "Well, we just hit a we just hit that mark. We just hit 300. I wonder if I could get another hundred in a week." And then. It was close. Like it was a. I had like thirty five to go day of, and I was kind of doing these like little boosts with with posts and trying to encourage people to send it around. Like we only have this many to go. We only have this many to go, and it kind of froze with three left, and it just hung there for like three hours. And I was like, oh. you know what? That's close enough. That's close enough. I'm good. And then at like eleven twenty, I was like, I'm gonna get weird real quick, and I just like did a whole blast on Twitter and the the Instagram, and then. We got a Facebook page that I have. I have support in getting things up onto. So I got busted out, and and it hit. It hit exactly four hundred at eleven forty four, and it <laughs> oh, stayed that way all night. Actually, I went geez. to bed, and it was just <laughs> 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 yeah. playing so, with um, that
2: manifestation
0: power, huh? Yeah, I'm like, is it? Can I just casually flex it? Yeah. What happens if
2: I try that and make it yeah. just kind of like a fun thing? Yeah. Cool. Yes, and trusting yeah. in that, right? Yeah. Trust. trust That critical piece. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's got to be, the trust part is so funny because sometimes you'll think you're trusting and then you're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not and then you all.
2: start sifting through it going, oh, shit, I've got a whole bunch of blocks here. Okay. Mm. 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 Or that, yeah. you know, being visible thing, that's huge, right?
0: Yeah. hmm Yeah. Well, let's do some introductions now because we got three voices on here, and everybody hmm. knows me. Uh, hi, <laughs> Eugene. Howdy. Lantern. What do we call you today? Eugene's fine. Eugene's fine. Is Lantern fine? I love calling Lantern's me. fine too.
1: <laughs> like I'm cool with people throwing their shit on me that they want to because they're going to do it anyways. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> that's a
0: solid answer. Good times.
1: Hey, hey. you're gonna be flexible huh mm-hmm. isn't that what yeah. you were describing the other day shift your calculus of the projection to what is it projection to masking ratio
0: oh yeah 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 Um, when you, were you masking. talked about that in another
1: episode didn't you
0: I will talk about that all the time though. Whoa. These people need oh, to hear about it. I don't like, like, no, yeah. We won't we will not. We are gonna get to because Yolanda's important Yolanda's the feature. Yeah. Yolanda's like we're uh. here for Yolanda today. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna spend plenty of time on that. But yeah, no, the masking to projection thing is a good it's something that people need to be thinking about all the time. So we can definitely start off with it because I ended the last time after a real long conversation on when you're masking it leaves all this space. For its negative space to be projected upon, and then people project upon it, which then increases the amount of masking that is needed, because you're rewarded. increasing the negative space mm-hmm. to be projected upon. Mm-hmm. So that's it's just some science that I'm doing. Yeah, these it's days. pretty badass. Now, uh, uh, a shift ratio. <laughs> the
2: shift ratio. There's lots oh, of shift science. I, that should be. I, I'm looking forward to hearing about this.
0: Oh my goodness! I'm gonna replace spirit science. Yep. The new, yeah.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be some, uh, some serious tweaking happening.
0: I'm, I'm really, uh, I can't get my fingers out of it. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> cannot, the
1: matter it's a survival
2: adaptation. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 I didn't well, want to be this way. This isn't who I want to be as a person. I mean, I like it now, but this was not the goal uh, initially. Um, to be so meddlesome with the, with the way people think in general. Like just, you know, how much can I how much can I toy with about what I've been taught? And mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. I can really mm-hmm. play with that with others.
2: But you know, when we're responsible, when we see it all and we be we become responsible, you know, people for what's going on. You know, when you take a look at everything in that mass scale and have to be responsible for it. You know, we get tagged into places that we never thought we would or didn't ever want to go, uh-huh. but it seems to be the way, you know, integrous beings on this planet get tagged in and we have to do something.
1: Well, you use the word responsibility that inherently implies ability to respond. That's so, when, you take, right. when you take it from that perspective, how does that affect what you're saying?
2: You know, I think there's two, there's layers to that. And so, you know, when you take it from that angle, most of us have an ability to respond in some sense. Mm-hmm. And then some of us take it to that level of, you know, if we don't do this, if we don't do something and maybe we don't know what it is we're going to do, but we're just going to try, we're going to start somewhere, um, that we're going to ha- be held responsible for it you know in, in that complacency uh, space and so I think that's where I'm going with that that you know taking a look at the the state of our planet our world you know that we've helped construct or we're helping deconstruct or we were handed and we didn't ask for it that when we see those um, when we see those damaged spaces and, and we feel you know that that suffering does not need to be there that we are we're jumping in you know we 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 feel that weight that 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 pressure to do something and so that's what i'm talking about with that responsibility Mm -hmm. and so many people don't do the response part of it and there's a lot of different reasons for that you know and i know we were we're just talking about um you know the blocks the -hmm. blocks like the blocks to being visible Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of those areas that keep us from doing something, keep us from moving, keep us stagnant and frozen. But then there's some of us who can really step up and and do a lot more and have we are able to respond. Mm. And the ones who have, I think, the more privilege to respond, Mm -hmm. have that bigger weight on their shoulders, bigger burden to respond.
1: Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question about that? Or when I say when I say that, I just want to be clear what I'm responding to, which is a very large structure that you just brought up brought about and and put in front of us. So I'm not addressing the entirety of it because I can't, right? Mm -hmm. But in in the structure that you're speaking of and in the context to responsibility. And looking at that in terms of a person's ability to respond to a thing. What does it mean to you? And this is, this is in in context simultaneously to all the external factors that you brought up, right? What does it mean to be held in responsibility?
2: So the direction I'm coming from, and you know, like I've, we've talked about before, it's always from that klinkit, you know, the khengit space, that indigenous space, the mm-hmm. tribe that I belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the concepts are always, even though I'm putting them into English and maybe they don't translate as well, the concepts are always mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what our communities, when we were healthy, when we had access to that health and we were living sustainably, what we would do is we were always looking out for another person, Mm -hmm. always looking out for the other person. Mm -hmm. We were picking up their battles for them. And in turn, they're picking up our battles for us. So that way everybody gets held in this space and everybody's represented and everybody's offered this safety and this support system. So that's how I view it is if we just picked up the battle for somebody else, Nobody gets left behind.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a question. Uh, mm-hmm. So, are you? Is that? Um, I, I'm am I'm, I'm drawing a dotted line in my mind, and I want to confirm whether this is a thing or not. Uh, rhetorically, culturally, do you still hold that energy in like a present sense? Does that make sense? Like,
2: yes. Um, I I personally do. This is how I was raised. You know, this is this is what the elders taught. This is directly from our ancestral lineage. Mm-hmm. These, you know, these things have not changed. They didn't change for what we know of as ten thousand years. You know that we have um, carbon dated access to this land here, and so that's that's how I hold space is, um, and why I why I can gather and garner so much of the suffering is because always looking outward, always looking outward mm-hmm. for other people, mm-hmm. you're not going to miss what they're going through.
1: Is, so that's a primary, immediate, conscious consideration, like a compass. That's mm-hmm. like within all of the complexity of the environment to which that process of consideration exists. That's the center.
2: Yes. So Yes. Our whole structure is founded on that. We have opposites, and we're the balance to the opposite. So our clans are structured where we have an opposite. And our job is to take care of our opposites. We hold them up in high regard. Mm-hmm. Their job is to do the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you have this constant looping of reaching for other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what was valued. You know that that's what was valued as uh, as wealth is how much you're putting into that, mm-hmm. not how much you're extracting
1: from it. How you know how you're much you're getting,
2: f- how much you're adding to that. Look, how you know, much, that's where the value. Yeah,
1: look how much I'm generating by my very participation, not yes. not by an abstract symbol of that process right outside of it. It's the process itself. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm. I'm just, I'm still kind of moved in, in like, I'm like part of me, like I'm suspended in time. I'm like, I'm like looping on that. You started it, uh, speaking from like when we had, when we had the means to be healthy, this is how we were. And that present (laughs) vibe still carrying on, uh, There's something in me that I wasn't, I didn't even know it looked like a, it looked like a shadow or like a negative space or like Mm -hmm. just like a pocket of air to me. But that's, you just named something
1: cool. Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Like a, a, why I do things, why I think a certain way, what it is that I'm so confident about where my faith comes in or
2: something. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, and I strongly, I firmly believe, you know, we have those DNA connections you know, we have those DNA. Um, we have that DNA coding back to different times where uh, things might have been healthier. You know, where the community was important, people, individuals were important, and it was important to create that community. You know, we call it a village, Kwan, but it was important to have the health of that community, and that's how we were gauging. You know, our success, and I think. A lot of us have that, you know, we may not feel it so much, but a lot of us have that DNA coding that when we respond to it, we remember these things that were healthy, that did support in a different way than what we're seeing
1: mm-hmm.
2: now in, in these times.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. From my perspective, which is a very different place, but that feels mm-hmm. like truth to me. It's gorgeous and shiny. Yeah. So what do we do with that?
2: I activate the hell out of it as much as I can.
1: What's that look like?
2: For me, you know, it's tracking myself first, right? Mm -hmm. So it's doing that internal work. It's finding the spaces that resonate with what I view as truth, Mm -hmm. that seem to resonate with the universal truths, right? These things were already here. They existed. Um, Coming from the space where I'm coming from in Finget, we migrated here. We weren't just here. We migrated here and we were chosen. We were chosen by the energetic system that was already here and get, and it taught us. So these are old codes of conduct. Just like if you want to talk about, you know, the Bible before it's been misinterpreted and translated and changed and all of those kinds of things, these old codes were here. You know, it's a, it, there's a lot of good pathways that I find. And the more I clear myself the more I clear myself of that human condition that seems to get in the way of everything, mm-hmm. the more I hear it, the more it lights up, the more mm-hmm. I can see it, the more I can feel it, and it's just there. It's there to access.
0: Yeah. Word. Okay. Wait. So we just did like a we just did like a circle into the we started in the future. We started with the who we are let's do the mm. let's do the where we came from. So generally in the episodes that I've had guests in, there's like no introductions at all. But if you want to take some time to introduce yourself,
1: that's—I that's, just want to here. point out that the, the hilarity, in a good way, and it, the equation that was just laid out was the <laughs> the benefit, the, the the feedback loop, the beneficial feedback loop of considering others. And letting go of the self, followed by the invitation to define yourself, <laughs> if you yourself want, if you want to. Because I'm cool with. I just, honestly, I'm just saying that, is- that's just what happened, and I like watching patterns, and that's funny, and I'm I think into that's it. cool, and I want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> and I love the way you deconstruct moments like a game, like a
0: playbook. Like you like it's it's very neat. It took me a while to get used to, and then once I clicked on what it was, what you were doing, I was just like, okay, that's like more of that all the time. So
1: I feel like I'm I just pointing right. out the human behavior right in front of me. Right. It's very useful yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, for tracking Definitely. that. How, how are we going with this? You know, what are we putting out there? What are, we, what are we adding to and what are we taking from? And it, it does follow all of that and follows those patterns.
1: But that's the next step in the reaction to the introduction of the ideas and feelings that you just communicated. Well, Schiff's reaction was, well, what's, what's yourself?
0: Well, what here's is, the thing. Mm-hmm. You are a voice of wisdom. And if you want to, if that's the identity you want to hold in this space, we can just continue talking. If you want to contextualize for the peoples that are listening anymore.
1: Uh, if you I know. Are, sure. I just, I yeah. want to, so, so who are you? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. all I, I want to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> I want to stop talking about me. I want to see what's going to happen. Get into that. Who are you? huh? Yeah. And, and there's a question I have around that. Where do, where do you start and I end?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. narrative? Well, I know for myself personally, and, you know, so just to give a little background, um, you know, my colonized name is Yolanda, Mm. right? I have a Hengit name. So Mm -hmm. I grew up here in Alaska. And uh, so the... (sighs) don't want to say the programming, but the teaching, the learning, but we all get programmed, right? Mm-hmm. We all get programmed mm-hmm. yep. Yep. by our environment, mm-hmm. by by what's going on. Um, I grew up in Alaska, so what I spent my time on or what chose me, and I should say that it chose me because I was sought out by elders was Fingit. So it's you know this indigenous way of thinking. And so that's you know what has helped to construct me. And it's something that I hang on to. Because I find it's a really, you know, pristine, valuable system in the ways of supporting and helping each other and staying in a healthy space. You know, when when we talk about ego and these things are getting in our way, it's it's a it's a I found it's a really great way. um, Once I uncovered, hey, there is this ego and there's many Mm -hmm. facets to it, and a lot of it is is damaging. You know, I know it's very harmful out there that, oh, get keeps us out of that ego because we're always looking out there to support. And in turn, we're getting supported. So I always, I I just, I hung on to that. I, I have rejected all kinds of different beliefs, you know, growing up religious, uh, Growing up as um, a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up under Mm -hmm. patriarchy and colonialism, and I've rejected all those things, you know, they just did not fit with what I was taught. Um, So where do I, you know, where do I end and where do you begin? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's really that space so much <laughs> because we're all connected right mm-hmm. i i feel we're connected mm-hmm. it doesn't mean there's not disconnect from what i found what i what i look at there's disconnect and, and for the most part it's it's the bullshit you know that's being done where there has to be this disconnect because i can't take that on i can't
1: well, can go there but connection and disconnection i don't think they're binary states
0: I was just thinking I disconnect from like myself in different ways. Like I, my leg falls asleep when mm-hmm. I sit wrong. You know, I, I could get psychological about it, but I could also get really basic and be like, "Yeah, like the blood flow can get disconnected." I mean, I I'm disconnected like
1: to most of my subconscious process and my physiological process most of the time. I don't know what's going on in I don't know what's going on in my calf muscle all the time. I was thinking I was thinking
0: last night about a I used to have real like. Uh, there was this window where I had solid control over my heart rate. I could bump it up and and pull it down on my own, and and do this mm-hmm. whole thing that I don't have access to anymore. And just kind of how that operated, I guess that's kind of flashing in my mind on the notion of connection and disconnection. Like I just want. I guess it's like to me, I'm I'm seeing what you're saying, but I'm feeling like it's it's like a like I'm just seeing the whole body of us. I mm-hmm. guess as right you know, with that when you say disconnection and connection, I mm-hmm. just I thought of my leg falling asleep thought of someone Mm -hmm. that I don't understand at the same time.
1: Right. And, and I mean, I think it's also possible like going to those really immediate relatable kind of references to disconnect. Like I think there's many places where we might simultaneously be disconnected and connected, like literally simultaneously around the same thing at the same time, for instance, um, I could have a relationship with somebody that I'm very connected to because I have to share space with them and, but I could feel, I could feel very disconnected to them emotionally, right. but I could feel like a strong physiological reaction to either one of us having to change in the environment based on our connection to the environment and our relationship to it. Like if they, all of a sudden they got sick and couldn't do something. It affects me in a way that's intense enough or where the place that I'm disconnected may or may not affect that.
0: Mm. I got mm. one. I got one too is right now we're, we're audibly connected, but visually disconnected True that affecting right. my mind in some way. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're audibly connected to our audience. Uh, and, and, and we're connected to each other in current time, but connected to them through like a, a distancing of some kind that we would mm-hmm. all describe probably very different ways mm-hmm. uh, at different times, possibly for some people. It's, well, you know, it's true. Uh, yeah. I think, I think maybe the, maybe the thing to kind of maybe circle in on is that the notions of connection and disconnection, people do really see them as binaries a lot. And it informs their kind of like a- approach moving forward, I guess,
1: mm. you know, the choices we make based on the structures we base those choices on. Yeah.
2: And they're still all connected, right? Simultaneously. Yeah. Even these structures are still connected. They're still impacting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still intersecting. Mm-hmm. So there's always that movement that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Always that 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 exchange of energy, whether we like it or not. And that's that whole picture of connection, and then within there, there's you know, it's multifaceted, right? Very,
1: very, very. Mm-hmm.
2: So you know, people are connected to this land; they have to be. Mm-hmm. What are we walking on? Mm-hmm. But they're so disconnected from the awareness of this land,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and 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 what it's requiring, what it's asking, they can't even hear it, you know, anymore. Right, and
1: they, and I think that's related to the binary approach to things because if mm-hmm. if you're basing it's like binary realism, right? You're, it, the the idea that everything can be broken down to a binary. What that looks right. it, yeah. that inherently has to like it looks for a beginning and an end as its core structure for defining all things. So it it can't take into consideration an infinite loop. Like like it can't. It's like trying to detect heat. Uh, uh, with, uh, a microphone, you know, I guess it's technically possible, like if you're recording a fire, but like microphones detect a certain type of transmission of, of physics. Whereas uh, heat can make air move, but heat isn't what microphones pick up. If that makes sense. Right. Like a binary perspective isn't capable of, 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 of accounting for an infinite loop that actually structurally doesn't have a a beginning or an end. Sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So do you think that's social programming that's causing that?
1: I, I think that it's really easy to make decisions when you don't have to consider an infinite loop. Mm -hmm. And when our brains are inherently evolved to save energy with maximum outcome, our brains are going to believe whatever they need to believe to make decisions fast. If they feel like survival's on the line. Mm. And so that benefit of the ability to discount information, to make decisions is directly related to structures of power around who's allowed to make decisions and the resources that are available to them to support their process, which is privilege. Mm-hmm. And like, that's multifaceted. It's not, it's, like if you really look deep into a human being, you'll see facets of privilege and oppression like in complicated ways that can't be accounted for currently in our conversation because we just don't have the language or the, or the tools yet or the incentive to be honest. And well, well, go ahead. I think we're developing the language and the tools.
0: And Absolutely. I have the incentive. Like, that, You know what I'm saying? I'm getting real well, ambitious. I'm, <laughs> I'm, speaking
1: like, I'm speaking in the environment to which I feel like I'm adapting. Like I have to do this so I don't want to die. Like, yeah. For me, it's like if I don't do this, I don't want to live. I don't want to be alive anymore. I can't stand it. I'm done. Fuck this shit. Mm -hmm. This is the only option I have found other than that. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
0: I was doing the same thing, and then you showed up and let me know that I was really not alone. And this whole podcast wouldn't even be what it is without
1: that drive. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're already making it. And I think there may be more of us than we realize. We might be so not alone that the opposite (laughs) of our feeling of loneliness, which could, I would wager be pretty impactful for some people. Like in our lifetimes, we might actually to be able to experience the other side of that, like a feeling of connection. So great. Like, like people might not even know how safe they can feel because certain groups of muscles in their bodies directed to their neurology, which is directly related to the violence in the environment has never let those muscle groups relax ever from like, maybe like three years old or some shit and they're 50 years old and they don't know that when certain muscles around your stomach and heart relax it affects your whole body and Mm -hmm. they're micro muscles that are based on reactions to stress and and so when you're trying to communicate to somebody that they don't know how much pleasure they can actually feel because of the ambient suffering it's it's a difficult it's a difficult conversation
0: In healthcare, misinformation can be as confounding as a labyrinthian rabbit hole and grow as quickly. For decades, myths about psychedelics have spread on the internet and social media. The deadheads, radical queers, and woke-ass therapists of the Jefferson State Psychonautics Society want you to know the facts, man. Psychedelics are scientifically proven to make shit suck less. And failure to consider using them can raise your chances of falling apart. In 2020 and 2021, 2022 and 2023... Because that's all we fucking get. More 2020. Talk to a tree and get the facts about psychedelics today. Side effects may include things sucking more. One thing I definitely want to make sure that we cover is sort of like where we've come from. Because we've come from, the three of us have come from different but similar uh, exoduses to... Is that the plural of Exodus? Never mind. Exodi? <laughs> Maybe it's just Exodus. It's like goose. Wait, no, no. Uh,
1: moose. Wait. I think uh, if I remember, I believe the technical word is exodus ah.
0: um, <laughs> So I was in non-denominational, evangelical, all kinds of weird, wonky, you know, we just make up our own bizarre doctrines and make it Puritan. One particular cult when I was a teenager that was run by a very bizarre man that got a lot of control over a lot of families, uh, for a long time. So, um, yeah, my whole perspective is really informed by just kind of like absurdism in religion, <laughs> I suppose, like absolute cartoonish notions of delusion being put together as a prophetic guidance that people took seriously. Um, and I got to watch those things shatter in front of my, in front of me, like in, in real time in person when
1: I was a teenager.
2: That's heavily impactful, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eugene. Mm. My turn. Uh, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out where the hell I came from, but my narrative, like my story, uh, is pretty, uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara, which is, a beautiful 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 place beautiful beaches beautiful trees beautiful mountains and hills and just plastic people like the amount of disconnect that i felt growing up there was pretty intense but i had a really different reality and i feel like there's all these booby traps around sharing my narrative in an environment where vulnerability and trust are rarities which is not what i feel in this conversation with you two it's just what I feel being alive in this planet with all these people around me. Absolutely. And so I have a trepidation to define my upbringing as like special or unique. And I hate that. I hate that anybody would imply that actually because it makes me feel more disconnected. And I'm hoping that there's more people out there that have similar experiences so I can at least feel less alone. But I grew up with Jehovah's Witnesses and not with Jehovah's Witnesses. The product of Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's a very unique religious niche because, I'm, I mean, I'm going to make a lot of claims in trying to reference what it's like to, what it was like for me to grow up in that religion. Is that while I think I see patterns in my environment in other aspects of Christianity and post Christian extrapolations of Christianity that are still based on the same structures. Uh, while I would see plenty of places where people are willing to like just deeply traumatize their own children for their own religious agendas, Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of unique because other than I think Christian scientists, they're the only religion, the only Christian religion that I know of that part of their overt dogma, that's not, it's not, it's not, hidden in text, it's it's like they write their own books about this shit, and it's in the books. And it's in the conversations with the children, between parents, which is that if you need certain medical treatments uh, that may save your life, we're going to let you die. Because the treatments themselves are bad. So because that treatment is bad, you're worth letting die so growing up with that is pretty intense and it makes me have to really understand the capacity for people that don't understand certain what they would define as alarmist perspectives around violence in the environment because from my perspective like my violence was like see that pit son we'll throw you in there if we have to (laughs) it's god man because god's got he's, he's told us to and it's really important
2: no, and I think, you know, what we're all talking about, and I grew up with a religious background, too. Um, my parents, when I was young, decided to try to balance, you know, the damage that had happened in their own families. And on one side, we've got poor Native people, and on the other side, we've got, you know, poor white trash people. And and to try to, to fix that damage, they turned to religion, and so we grew up in Mormonism, and I think, you know, there were good things about about uh, religion. You know, I don't want to discredit religion as people follow certain things to betterment or, you know, w- what their intention is. However, the impact, you know, from re- a religious standpoint, I think the impact outweighs some of the, the good. You know, the harmful impact outweighs some of this good that people are reaching mm-hmm. for. And then, also, having that indigenous background and having the understanding and awareness that religion had done most of the damage <laughs> right you know to our people, this was all based on religion, mm-hmm. you know even the you know the the forced assimilation mm-hmm. was was funneled through boarding schools mm-hmm. that was religious mm-hmm. um, the viewpoint of us being savages you know and and we're uncivil. Mm-hmm. That's all based on this religious structure of colonialism. Mm-hmm. And so I had those, you know, I was at odds with these things because I could feel truth in some things, you know, sitting in in church or, or, or reading books um, and trying to be that good person that they want you to be because that's, I always want to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And I know that's subjective, but I'm always looking to to better things around me. You know, that's, that's just one of those critical fundamentals in and get is leaving things better than what you found them, leaving a person in a better state than what you found them, leaving the land better, everything we can do. Can we do it better, you know, for, for the, the health and, and, and the morale and uh, the support of everything. Cause in our belief system we 're all we're like we talked about connection we 're all connected we 're connect, we're, we are the environment mm-hmm. we are a part of the environment we are not separate from it and so you know trying to work through all of these things because there was so much internal conflict, mm-hmm. and everything that I was interested in was always considered evil
1: mm-hmm.
2: everything listening to you know the, the preaching that was happening, all of the teachings that you know, we were put through yeah. and I'd have so many questions. I was that little kid that they just hated, right? You know, they You're my mad. teachers
1: hated me. Cause Why are you making me do hard work? I'm now, like, this now is not do, logical. Do hard work for benefit, <laughs> right. That's what I think is right. important.
0: What, what type of, uh, what type of questions, what type of things did you have?
2: Well, the, it would be, it was always centered around hypocrisy. You know, it did, it wasn't, uh, it was either logic or hypocrisy. Well, this is not logical. And I'm trying to remember, um, you know, somebody put, I think I was eight and I can't remember what the subject was, but I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Hey, 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 that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that, that's not logical, mm-hmm. you know, and eight years old, they don't want to deal with an eight year old that's, you know, using logic and trying to figure <laughs> this out. And, it, and it's just, that's just the way it is. So I'm like, but no, I don't think so. Cause over here, this is something different, yeah. you know? And then later on I was, I would go and challenge their, personal beliefs that they brought in as, you know, this this is part of the religion. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, wait, the last bishop didn't do that. Why are you doing this? Mm. You know, and they would they would plead their case. And I'd say, but hey, that's, you know, that that's your personal individual belief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you putting this on everybody else? This is not one of those rules. I'll bring out the little handbook, you know, and I'm, I'm 12 years old and they're saying, you know, you... <laughs> I love that you episode. just have to you just have to support me. You know, that's just the mm-hmm. way it is. You know, they got very, you know.
1: So the negative space there is their logic that they're not communicating. Yes. That's the negative space. Yes.
2: And even when they did communicate it, I didn't understand it because it did not fit in my logicals right. at all. Because I could point out the hypocrisy of it. I'm like, okay. that's
0: hypocritical. Wait, I'm- I think I've got a nerve hitting another nerve in Uh-oh. my brain. Hold on, <laughs> we're right. out. So is is it totally t- just like slap me if I'm saying something just outrageous? That this might be just like sacrilege right now. Is it <laughs> wild to say that like hypocritical? Religious authoritarians are masking
1: and oh, they are, yeah, that's the whole point is like masking isn't just this binary uh conversation that is applicable to people who, who are autistic or have any kind of uh experience that's not immediately easily accessible that's social to any, to that person's neurology to the degree that it, it gets diagnosed as a thing. Right. We like, use the mm-hmm. term norm core here and we say it with our chest. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I say it with a roll of my eyes, but I'm mean, or tired of it. I've just had it shut down my yeah. throat so much. Like it's exactly, but you're right. Yes, it is norm core. It's like that, that hardcore, heavy metal normalcy. Like, and I call it heavy metal because, like, it's 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 the demand for masking that for me is, like, constantly having to deal with everybody around me blasting heavy metal music all the time. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, I have to listen to this loud-ass music, and I actually don't even dislike so, a lot of the aspects of it. I just don't want to hear it blasted at me all the time. That's what the request for acquiescence is. To presentation in in this very specific mask, this very specific expression of what safe and accessible is supposed to look like is exhausting and loud, (laughs) just like Mm -hmm. having to listen to someone's loud-ass heavy metal all fucking day and night. Yeah.
2: Okay, so when you both, just for clarification, so I make sure we have the same, you know, definition, because I'm finding this, there's, even if we're using the same language, there's language barrier. Love it. You know, because we're all having, coming with different concepts and different definitions, and I find this is a massive conflict. You know, this creates a lot of conflict when people are using the same word, and it's a totally different term, you know, internally. So masking...
1: Oh, I thought we were talk about heavy metal and the roots of it. Oh. <laughs> My bad. Go ahead. Master.
2: I've tried on heavy metal a long time ago when I was very aggressive and, you know, pissed off at the world. And it was a place to funnel that rage. So, right. you know, it was very useful. I think it saved me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I didn't rage against other people yeah. and, and cause more harm to myself because of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at this point, I'm like, like you, you know, Eugene, I I don't want to hear it all the time.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to always go there. Some days mm-hmm. I'll, 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 crank it up because, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've got that. I, I need to funnel this. You know, and it's a, it's a great way, instead of warring, and you know, we can't. There's a lot of things we can't do that sometimes we yeah. feel like we want to do. But right. It's, it's a great you, time time for my both, energy. I had time for both last week, <laughs>
0: War, yeah. warring and listening to a little metal. For it was a couple of yeah. days uh yeah gosh so yeah uh, masking we're gonna we're going define masking. Can I ask first um let me answer your question with a question, What do you think it means?
2: yeah, sure, so in my mind, when I hear that and and i 'm not so savvy with all of these terminologies that are out there you know i 'm learning these things there's this, this there 's this language in you know, social justice and, 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 you know, unpacking privilege and, and dismantling systems, you know, that I'm learning. I feel it. I understand it. I know it. It's, it's a, it's that, um, that empathy, you know, and Eugene and I were talking about empathy, but I, I feel it. I know when I'm triggered by it, but I don't always have the language. So in my mind with the masking, um, what I see is, uh, an ego mask in most people where they're uh, and, and I can usually drill it down to insecurities. Yep. The fear mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's usually attached to insecurities and there's this layering effect of you know what they think they have to do or how they have to believe or what they have to present to make themselves mm-hmm. feel safe instead of just honing in on hey this is the problem but there's all of these layers and it can get so out of control that you know that workability isn't there you know to to, to to transcend that, right. and and it's very difficult for me to get past past, you know, that masking. That's how I see it, but I'm not sure how you're speaking about it. So I want to be clear that
1: that point you made about insecurity, though, I just want to put a little footnote right here, is mm-hmm. really, really critical in my opinion, uh, from my perspective, to extrapolated conversations of like antidote to what we're talking about. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to distract from what we're talking about with masking because it's that's like we're still talking about that. But where you just talked about insecurity, like that's really important because part of the pressure of masking is the authoritarian demand for that that we have. Mm -hmm. And I would put forth that like the trigger for authoritarianism is insecurity. I also want to assert.
0: In this context, I've, I feel personally, it's very important in my own narrative, at least to define insecurity as not a feeling of being like insecure about my identity or insecure about like it, but literal, like it's, it's not secure for me to like, it's like, it's unstable
1: yeah. if I come fully That's, that's perfect. Obsolete. That's actually the really good way to put it. It's instability.
0: And it's not a sureness; it's a question right. of whether or not the whole environment is going to crumble upon me in shards mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. I, if I'm too heavy for it or something, mm-hmm.
1: right.
0: right? Is it really what it looks like, or is it made of paper?
1: Like, like, uh, imagine the it's a it's a cheesy metaphor, but because it's just so obvious. But like a straight person who's homophobic, who feels super fucking powerful and confident, and then. Something happens in their environment which not only makes them question their identity around that and what that means, but also it it, it happens in a place where others are witnessing that without their yeah. immediate consent because nobody knew it was going to – you know what I mean? Like that insecurity right. brings yes, about so that-, that like rage or reactionary, any kind of thing, right? That's where the homophobia kind of ramps up because of the insecurity right. – and then, and then
0: like Justin usually comes in as the, that's generally the, the bail from that, from that box, Right. Right. Like, people, right. People, I mean, there's the, automatic, there's like flashlights the that I can write out. The straights like have their built right. in,
1: the <laughs> straights, the straights have their built in parachute cords for their own insecurities, for sure, because they have control of the means of production of the conversation. They can make all the parachutes and all of the, uh, you know, the, the, the clips to clip onto to help each other, hoist each other out Mm -hmm. of growth. (laughs) I
2: feel like
0: I want to kind of point out though, like in in the, in the air of compassion, I personally feel in my analysis of that general, that like little, uh, that articulation of, of, um, I don't know, social interaction, I suppose. Like it's a, it's a type of thing. Uh, it, it seems to me to be more like, um, like, a, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it, it, it's vulnerable, it's vulnerable reactivity more yeah, than like a, exactly. than like a hammer coming down out of like a power move. You know what I'm saying? Like, it right, doesn't, right. it's like, it, uh, there's a certain level of, of me that's very, very clear when I see entitlement act out that it's coming from a place of profound anxiety. Um, yeah. Like it, it, insecurity that the, that the situation's going to crumble upon itself no. on that.
2: So do you think that reaction, you know, that strong reaction is because they're hitting that vulnerable place? Yes. And maybe that's, you know, unawareness. It's challenging a belief, you know, internally that they don't want to let go of. And so when, when something hits that vulnerable place, they don't want to go into vulnerability to freedom, from all of these things that, you know, they have to hold on to and that's what's causing that entitlement reaction. You know, you see that big reaction from them, you know, or they're, they're pulling the parachute line. Like you're saying,
1: Eugene. And And there's a key component within that too. And you touched upon the compassionate approach shift and which is that like Yolanda, when you say, when you hit that, when, when that place gets hit, like the, the fact that you chose the word hit is pretty apropos because the reinforcement to those things always come down to physical like threat of physical violence. Right. And in some fashion, even if it's disconnected by, you know, several, several degrees of individuals, if the social patterns are flowing through the individuals, it doesn't, all it takes is one person to lash out violently from that place, then the person who's having to adapt to that, their capacity to be aware of their environment is going to seek out where that pattern may emerge or not to hurt them, and how to mask themselves to avoid that. To avoid and, and it, to yes. avoid any aspect of the spectrum that infers the end, the the most extreme results of the insecurity, which is physical danger. Or even death, which is why when like reactionaries try to checkmate people who experience violence, they'll be like, "Well, first of all, they'll be like you—you haven't, you know." They'll they'll create arguments such as like, "Well, you haven't been murdered, so you're, you know, clearly you're wrong." And then you kind of kind of kind of got to coax them. Yeah, that's true, and this is X, Y, Z has happened. It's like, well, everybody goes through violence. I got beat up. Da, 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 da. It doesn't mean because of this, it doesn't mean these larger patterns of violence exist, even though they're kind of pointing out that they were treated violently as well. But then, and then, and then.
2: I think we've all experienced right. this out there, right? Right. <laughs> The same darn conversation.
1: Right. Like police aren't bad. They kill shit tons of white people too. <laughs> it's super weird. Oh, weirdo. you're right. <laughs> uh, I hadn't considered all the evidence. That negates themselves. everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Carry on.
0: It's, <laughs> it's super wild to watch people gaslight themselves, trying oh, to gaslight oh you, my but God. not realizing that they're touching a lamp. Like
1: and they're just burning themselves yes. when they're doing it. Yes. So like you don't even have to try. Which is That's why compassion is so important because it puts you in a power position with them. Okay, so wait.
0: Then let's get back to what like, really, I'm like, okay, so where I'm at is that there's this, there's this loud vibe that I feel comes personally from like liberals and progressives that don't have any skin in the game.
1: Oh, that like oh, there's an
0: us versus them thing with like bigots and the people that bigots want to fuck up, right? right? And I am right. one of those things that bigots want to fuck up. And what I'm mm-hmm. saying is I feel that Progressives and liberals may be creating a big amount of interference that's inhibiting communication. Yeah, they're they're not just doing down that. a lot of that no, murder. No,
1: they are doing exactly what their political position is intended to do, which is to rebrand the inherent violence in the system. And do you think they're aware, also, aware of that? Because absolutely. I have this fight they all are, the time. I, know, they, I would wager they're aware of it on some level that's so deep down that it manifests in, in, in deep struggles that are like deeply impactful in any number of directions because people are so diverse in that, that by the time they hit the day-to-day impact of just going to work and toiling and laboring and then returning to rest and doing that again and again and again and again and again and again, and again that by the time it gets enough for that reality to be like, do they know that it's completely unrecognizable as, mm-hmm. as being that there. And, and when you're masking and you haven't detached, when you had no incentive to detach from the mask that you're forced to wear. Right. That, that privileged safety place. Yeah. Whatever that may be. I mean, mm-hmm. like think about like someone who struggles with narcissism, right like that's like a a place where someone is completely unable to take into consideration another person and if you don't want to be really if you don't want to be religious which i'm not suggesting one should or should not be but if you want to be logical like all experience comes from our bodies like there are negative spaces that are more than just our bodies that we're even talking about right now, but like our brains are processing all of it. So it emerges from our bodies. There's no, I mean, unless you can quantify it in a way. That can help a narcissist or someone who experiences narcissism experience what it's like to feel the thing that they're not able to feel, which could very well be ableism because you might be demanding – it might be demanding that someone who is in a wheelchair walk.
0: Mm, well, right? I, think, I think there's a gradient to it certainly since you speak of ableism. Where do you, speak, Where, Where, well, do you get I, to say I, that what, about what someone who can't feel right, means, without becoming means, an authoritarian? What came to me was that it's not about, like, convincing them to have empathy, if you will. It's
1: about... Yeah, so not what I was suggesting. So, so in my... Okay. I'm talking what? about what if someone is completely uncapable? Like, the ideas that you spoke about earlier, Yolanda, and the, the relationship of, you know... Using the compass of where need needs to be met and using that to navigate and the feedback loop of that prioritization, which, which leads to an abundance of your needs getting met. (laughs) You know, like when you speak on that, there, that doesn't exist. In, on strict, on an intellectual level alone by any means whatsoever, it involves bodies, which involve emotions, which involve beliefs, which involve ideas, and then all kind of other weird shits the brains do, which does a lot of weird shit. And so within that spectrum of just massive human expression, you got this person who can't physically process anybody else's experience. And maybe they really want to, and they and they literally can't. Like mathematically, aspects of their biology are damaged. Maybe it's a brain injury. Maybe they used to be able to right. maybe my, they used to be answer, able to feel people and now they can't. How do my, we navigate that? My answer hasn't changed. Without beco- <laughs> without becoming A, and this is what Demo- this is what the Democrats do, is they fetishize that And then they become authoritarian through kindness because they have to maintain the state, which is an authoritarian structure. And so they have to say for the person who can't feel what other people feel, well, we're going to tell you what you should. We're going to create the environment, which ultimately is in their best interests. It's where at the end of the day, just because the person who can't feel other people doesn't mean they're not feeling themselves. They're not feeling distressed and not having agency and choice and autonomy, right? But that's just not even talking about capitalism, which incentivizes narcissism, which is the whole other pressure. But that, but that right there is a thing because if we're talking about compassion, ubiquitous compassion demands we approach compassionless people – with compassion and no, know, and knowing that they're not just going to all of a sudden magically be like, oh, I get it. Right on. Let's do this. Like that's not a luxury we can afford.
0: So, I have different kits work in my work for different applications, and like I wouldn't bust out a kit for. All <laughs> oh, right on. You know, yeah. Just the, the appropriate kit has to come at the appropriate time, and so my again, my answer hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not about evoking something that's not got capacity to, to be in that space. It's about Mm -hmm. applying what is possible to build the bridge where it is. Like, I'm not going to build a scaffold in a way that's not appropriate for what I'm trying to do the work around, right? Like I don't need to build it higher than the thing it is Mm -hmm. or, or away from it in some distance Mm -hmm. that's not going to be helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to meet it where it's at and that means it, my answer is uh, that I'm going to where I have capacity because it's just what I know about myself mm-hmm, personally. And mm-hmm. I assume there are other people in the world like mm-hmm. this. Um, I'm going to generate the love needed to see what I need to see to build the kid I need to build, to do the work that's needed there. And that, that isn't defined as getting them to move in any direction. So, that, but That's if, if I have the resources, if I have if the motivation, moving,
1: but what if moving them is what you need to be seen for all the things you've been speaking about, like in all your past podcasts and all the other things?
0: Why would that be? Why would that be a, a um, definitive obstacle? I,
1: I suppose? I'm not quantifying as a definitive obstacle. I'm more of a just a tactical consideration right oh, so well, in in the spaces where you're being suffocated, you're being demanded to mask, how do you how do you not like you're being pushed upon right like that's what privilege does for people who aren't able to feel how it affects those who don't have privilege in certain areas. So they're crushing your experience. you have this experience of being pushed out, unseen, taken up space, et cetera. But you don't want to move them. So, a couple of things. One, um,
0: it, it's uh, it's not a it's not a continuous sealed bubble of pressure, if you if you will. It changes sure. states at different times depending on the zeitgeists, the micro and macro cosmic zeitgeists. Very very true. Um, additionally, uh, so so given given that. Uh, even if I'm like completely unable to move, they have me penned in and I'm completely suffocated, getting smaller and smaller and crushing down to nothing. Eventually, the state of the environment is going to change, and I'm evolving all the time. So I'm going to get wings. I'm going to burrow. I'm going di- to get There's going to be some way to move from where I'm at. It's not that big of a deal if I can't be seen at all right now. Like that's and that's not something I knew in my gut until like this year. Like I really got 2020 vision in 2020. I don't know the the. The other thing with it is that it's like, uh, if I stop worrying about what's happening outside of me and I get real internal with it and start doing work there, I'm able to do this thing where I can concentrate my energy and alchemize it into being nuclear and I can blast shit that seemed immovable. Like it seems like something I shouldn't even try for a long time and then I'll do it out of necessity it's a survival thing it's a phoenixing thing where i'm like being crushed and it just makes sense to like burn up on my own like just fine like fuck it all be a new thing and have a new approach be a new thing do some do something do something else (laughs) do something else um and then from there i just start getting really clever i go into like an artist mode in my in my spiritual war like strategy room or whatever you know my situation room or whatever um, with the with the crew in my mind. Like all mm-hmm. of all me and my demons doing our shit, uh, figuring out how we're gonna fucking move. And sometimes they'd be having meetings without me and do some shit and I'm like, Well, how are we gonna damage control that now? That was the right move, <laughs> but my goodness guys. Like, <laughs> y'all like.
2: They'll just make you catch up. That's just how it goes. <laughs> They're not working in three D and now you gotta deal with it in three well, D.
0: Right, right. And then I've been doing I've been doing enough like, you know, loving on them and training on them that like they really are kind of good at <laughs> at doing, even when I'm like in states that I, you know, generally I'm like, you know, you shouldn't,
2: you shouldn't be communicating with people while you're like this. Um, Stop that. You see it coming out of your mouth or (laughs) your fingertips on keyboard. Yeah.
0: It just happens. And, and it's, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're, we're working in, in congruence towards getting, getting, you know, just the, the just getting the poison out of shit. Just, there's all these infections, these bumps, there's boils popping mm-hmm. up and they need to be lanced. We're just going to, we're just going to do it. Um, so yeah, no, and that's, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to redirect myself if I need to, you know, like I don't need to combat that which cannot be combated. Cause it get, you know, you were talking earlier about our brains are trying to conserve energy while getting maximum output at all times. And like, I, for a long time was burning, gas that came out like i was just like spinning my wheels and the exhaust manifested as like a smoke inside of me and that was depression like it was just this like thing mm. that it was just building up i had no idea i had no idea all i had to do was just write myself onto the situation like <laughs> just just be authentic and, and to some degree, there's always going to be an amount of masking that's authentic to me uh, because some of them are comfortable and some of them are uncomfortable, but they're safe. And I just know, know that they're comfortable in a, in a different way. Um, they're familiar if they're un- uncomfortable.
1: Is it safe to say that when you feel like you're being forced to mask, that you adapt with the abilities you have at hand?
0: Yeah, work. Yeah, and the kid again. The kids, uh, the kids change. Sometimes I just don't have access to resources,
1: and so it's really at the end of the day. Beyond when we take a more universal perspective, it's about abilities all the time, all the time. So that's where this whole compassion vibe is fascinating for me, and why I was specifically bringing up.
2: Was that cutting out? Eugene,
1: Eugene, Eugene, your
0: your signal was cutting out the whole time you were talking just now for like 15
1: seconds. Hmm. You hear me now? Yeah. Check, one two, like check one, two.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you're fine now. And then your your, uh, your timeline was flashing too. your sound. The whole thing was like flashing kind of stroby. But it's, okay. good, it's good now. I can hear you and it looks clear.
1: Are you still there, Yolanda?
2: Yes, I'm here. Okay, cool. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. We're okay. all still here. So I you, guess you that's what, I, what I was saying is, though, this is where, you know, if we're talking about compassion being a key component to this, all these pressures that we've even just begun to talk about, how do we have compassion is directly created by us? Oh, it's happening again. I don't know. Maybe I need to be quiet and listen.
0: Maybe. Well, goodness. I actually, I was like trying to get to what you were saying, but we could see it as a, as a signal to, I mean, we're, we're pushing on, we're pushing on time right now. Actually, that's a thing. That's a thing. And we have gotten to a pretty solid place considering the absolutely like continuously moving dynamic parts of what we're touching upon as a topic here. Um, Mm -hmm. goodness. Uh, yeah, this was a really, this was all, this was great. This was a good talk. Thank you both.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then, uh, I don't know. Anybody got any like good news or something you want to plug or share or like anything?
1: Spiffy slogan.
0: You got a spiffy slogan? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can hear it. It
2: was a little choppy.
0: <laughs> but
1: oh, we're, we're waiting it. for it. Yeah. Yes. We're hanging uh, on here, Eugene. The only difference between fighting and dancing is an idea. It's the same muscles. It's the same physics. It's the same, yes. it's the same considerations of impact and force and submission and dominance in spiraled play, right? Or spiraled conflict. It's just an idea. We're we're always fighting and we're just one idea away from always fucking dancing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So who wants us to stop dancing? That's my question.
2: Well, I think that can take us down a whole rabbit hole of all <laughs> kinds of... <laughs> Are
0: we gonna have to have another episode sometime
2: (laughs) when you come back? (laughs) Of course. No, this has been good conversation.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you both. Thank you again. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. We'd like to thank our patrons on Patreon and everyone who's bought our merchandise on TeePublic. Find the links to all that stuff and our social links on goodmorningmayberry.com. We've got closed captioned episodes on YouTube. Subscribe, listen, and rate us on all the podcast spots. If you're wondering who we are, we is me and my demons. And you can join the Legion by following our Tumblr, Twitter, or Instagram. Jumping on the Patreon. Or just buying one of our shirts and wearing that around, drinking the tears of whoever you like the least uh, out of one of our mugs, and uh, coming back and
1: checking out the next episode.
0: I'm shift,
1: and always remember to never forget. The only difference between fighting and dancing is an idea. It's the same muscles. It's the same physics. It's the same. It's the same considerations of impact and force and submission and dominance in spiraled play, right? Or spiraled conflict. It's just an idea. We're, we're always fighting, and we're just one idea away from always fucking dancing.
0: The Jefferson State Psychonautics Society is a fictitious organization And the entire PSA inserted in the center of this episode was a spoof. I don't want anybody to get the idea that... I need to get some kind of cease and desist order from some kind of bizarre, uh, I don't know, mountain cluster of libertarian business fucks from Honeydew, California or some shit, you know, like I don't need any trouble from y'all. And so if you had this idea of your little psychedelic society, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not trying to start any waves with anybody who may be using that name. I did Google it, but I feel like the type of organization that would be like, we're Jefferson State Psychonautic Society. Uh, you know, they're going to be, um, probably a little off grid potentially, uh, and, you know, may or may not access the internet to consume, uh, content, uh, regardless of whether or not they feel compelled to project themselves onto the internet. Anyway,
2: uh, bye.